I am Tova Cito. And I am Janice Gant. And we believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And that it is our job to get us there. Every week, we will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The The Remedy. Remedy. Hello, everybody, and welcome (laughs) to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tobacito and Janice Gant and And Kevin Ebeling. Sorry about your mic there, Tob. Oh, it's all good. It's all (laughs) good. I'm off my game today. Nah. You know what? I like it. I kind of like it when we're a little off our game because it gives everybody else permission to be off their game. Yeah, to be off their game. <laughs> yeah. happens to all of us. If they're having a, a rough go today, then you, know, you don't feel quite so bad. It's true. Yeah. How's everybody today? Good. Good, Kev? Good. Good. I feel like it's been a while. It, and it feels Did like Did we it, miss a week? It? Well, oh, we, got, we did. Well, yeah, we, we did because well, it, was, yeah. it was Labor Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And you and I were in Aspen. How was your yeah. trip? It was so much fun. I looked for you everywhere. I was I like, I can't famous. believe we didn't run into each other. Well, I mean, we I, were totally out and about. I can't believe it either. Oh, let me tell you something. I told Craig if he leaves me or dies before George <laughs> goes to school. Yeah. I'm moving to Aspen. Okay. <laughs> so, I well, would love for we'll you to move to there. Figure out a remote situation for the remedy. No problem. <laughs> but we I'm definitely do going that. there. If Craig dies or breaks up with me after before George leaves or when George is leaving, I'm out of here. Like I'm dead serious. I would go. Are you where else would you go? Can you afford Aspen? Are you that rich? Uh, I will be. <laughs> oh, it, when he dies. Uh, <laughs> well, no, because <laughs> I won't be married to him <laughs> when he dies. Yeah, can't you make that change now, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. We're not trying to off you, Craig. Don't worry. <laughs> this poor mom that's listening to this is like, oh, oh my dear. gosh, those crazy women. <laughs> Now, if anything happens to him, oh. they know where to look. Oh, good you know, gosh. I you love it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I love Aspen, too. And if you do move there sometime, can I rent your house sometime in the win- in the summer? I don't like the winter anywhere where there's snow. Oh, you don't like being cold? You don't like I the snow? I don't like the sound of it when I walk on it. Oh, I think that's one of the most magical sounds of all. <laughs> no, I love that. I don't. I just, I, I think that what happened when we lived in Chicago for three years. Oh, Chicago would ruin me. It was just from May. Well, from November to May. There was snow on the ground and I got so sick. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I I would not. Chicago is next level cold. I mean, Aspen's cold, but Chicago's wind is so brutally. Well, it's because cold. it blows off the lake. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting because mm-hmm. we when Kurt and I moved there, we were redoing a house out north in one of the they have little villages like Winnetka and Wilmette and Kenilworth uh, up along the shore. And so I would take the kids to school and then I would drive back into the city because we were living in an apartment in the city. And um, and the the waves when it was really, really, really cold and snowy and icy, the waves would freeze in the, in a crest. So it was oh, like somebody like took a, a wave, like it took a snapshot as the waves because they were frozen. Oh, it was the, that's how cold it was. That's how cold it was. Oh. And the wind, because the wind comes off that lake, you know, then that just it, it was the most interesting thing to see that. And I mean, it was so freaking cold one time the wind chill was minus 70 degrees what you couldn't wear you had your, to die you couldn't you wear would die your, you couldn't wear your earrings you had because the post would freeze to your ears and i was taking blair blair oh, and i went to the grocery gosh. store and i breathed in and my nose hairs froze oh, i i cannot even imagine negative 70 was uh, nobody had to be out 
I mean, no, they're, they're, and they die. had they every night during the winter, they'd give wind chill warnings because you uh, just could not. I mean, you could if you had on a coat and boots and, you know, face all that mask. stuff, all that stuff. But I mean, oh. you would get frost and they would. Yeah, you could get frostbite and like, I don't know, it was something like. 40 seconds or I mean, it was just oh, it was the so coldest cold. I've ever been was in Chicago. I mm-hmm. ran the New York Marathon or the Chicago Marathon and <laughs> in the winter. Well, I don't I think it's November. Oh, before it snowed, probably. Yes, but it was freezing mm-hmm. and it was rainy. It was like misty mm-hmm. and <laughs> this. So this was 2005, six. 2006. And Topher and I both ran it as a fundraiser for mitochondrial disease, which uh, is the disease that Charlie and like, uh, so we raised money and awareness and all the things, uh, which was, uh, and it was really fun to do it together. And so we started and we knew at some point we we're probably going to split up. And so we're like, okay, we'll meet right back here at the red balloon. Okay. What we didn't know is there were hundreds of red <laughs> balloons. <laughs> so I finished or he finished before me and I finished and I was so proud of my time. I was like giddy, but then like the, your body starts to shut down the second you are done with the marathon because it's refueling. And so it uses all the, so you get cold super fast. Well, plus you were probably wet from, I was wet, expiring. it was freezing and you ought already get cold because your body temperature drops your, your, your body. I mean, it's, it's trying so hard to refuel you just, <clears throat> your, your temperature drops. And so, and, and I had no phone cause you're not gonna run 26 miles with your phone. Right. I had no phone. I had no money. And I was probably three miles from the, uh, hotel and I couldn't find Topher and I was in shorts and I was like, <laughs> like just shivering to death. I was so cold that a precious taxi driver pulled over and was like, can I please give you a ride? And he gave me a free ride back to my hotel. It was so sweet. I still want to kiss that man. Oh I my mean, gosh. he saved me. I was so cold. One Chicago's more miserable. One more reason on my list of reasons why not to run a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even when I get my bionic knee, no marathons. I'm done. I didn't need another reason. Not I'm to done. I, I ran five. Me and it, neither, it was Kevin. five too many. I did it when I was young and naive and I didn't know your body actually did age. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're young and listening to this, stop running marathons. It's mm-hmm. the worst idea. Uh, it's terrible on your knees. It's terrible on your body. Mm-hmm. It's so dumb. <laughs> and and it it's so annoying to everybody around you because all you do is talk about your training. Yeah. It's yeah. like people who do CrossFit. No offense to people who do CrossFit. <laughs> but all you people who talk about CrossFit do CrossFit. All they do is talk about CrossFit. Nobody knows or cares what you're talking about. That's kind of the way I feel about <laughs> yoga. <laughs> and, I, and I'm totally one of those. <laughs> um, I'm surrounded with them with yeah, my daughters. Yeah, and I'm are. like, oh, no, no, no. Yoga Stop makes talking me curse. About- Stop talking about your yoga. Um, Okay. We need to thank our sponsor today, precious Mindy Frank. So Mindy is the one who listened to our podcast on like living your dreams or I don't remember what we, and I told you she's always wanted to move to Colorado. Oh, yes. I love that story. And And she she moved, right? Well, she's moving right now. She got a job. Like she, she went for a job. She found, I mean, she is living her best life. She's Where on her is way to, she? She's going to Denver. She's here oh. in Dallas, but. Oh my gosh. She is going to love Denver. Yeah. Heck yeah. All, all her dreams are about to come so true. So does she have a lot of friends there? I no. can't remember. She's just going. She's just, she's just doing something that she's always you dreamt know what? of doing. I know a girl that, li- I know two girls that live there. One is one of Bren's best friends. And the other one is, was one of Blair or is one of Blair's best friends that live in Denver. And they're both so cool and so cute. And so if she wants me to, 
you know, well, introduce her you or want, anything. Want yeah, let, us, let know. us know. Cause I would just love to give her their contact information. Oh, she's going to kill it. You know, you know, when you're kind of living in alignment of where you're meant to go and what you're meant to do, it could just kind of all rolls yeah, it does. and it's yeah. rolling for her. So fun. So is cool. that your place? Where would you go? Aspen? I would go to Aspen. If you if, could move anywhere in the world and the people you loved could go with you. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I didn't want to love at Aspen because it's, I thought it was so uppity. Uh-uh, it's not though, but it's not. And I, I it's just so beautiful. And beautiful. It, you just live in the outdoors. And I mean, it, it that place is so fun. And where would you go, Kevin? Um, Probably Hawaii. If my whole family oh, came with me, yeah. me too. that would be perfect. We could be neighbors. Yeah, that would be great. you would pick Hawaii. Yes. Wow. Without a doubt. Where yeah. in Hawaii no would brainer. y'all pick? Where? Um, Doesn't matter. No, <laughs> I probably want to be on Honolulu, but huh? I'd take anywhere. Me too. Because <laughs> they're all close enough to where you can jump around. How are you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're all good. I mean, yeah, that's where uh, if I if my people would go, uh, that's where I would go. Yeah. You want to know it's funny about Hawaii to me? I think it's a little too sleepy for me. Really? Too uh-huh. relaxing? Just it kind of, I mean, I've only been to Maui <clears throat> and, but it just seemed like both times that I went, I mean, one time I just took my kids. So, and the first time was on my honeymoon. So we, I mean, we weren't raging either time and I'm not that I need to rage, but it felt like I, I like had no choice, but to go to bed at like nine 30. Really? I don't want to go to bed at night. I do. <laughs> I do go to bed at nine yeah, thirty. I do. If Kevin, if Kevin and I are texting you, you uh-huh. you're out. If yeah. it's past about eight thirty, you're. We're not hearing back. From yeah, you yep. nine for sure. Yeah, you'll hear back from me like this morning. I texted y'all back this morning because I was not night. And that's the least likely time to reach me. It's early in the morning. So. <laughs> And I'm I'm awake for both. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> when do you sleep? Uh, I don't. Know. I you must I, not sleep a lot. I actually really love sleep. I think I just get. Um, I think I'm quality over quantity. I but you wake up super early. Yeah, I get up about six thirty. I'm quantity. Like I like eight hours every night. Yeah, I like nine. Nine is nine my is fave. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't I, I love I mean, I love the process of going to sleep because I get in the bed and I have a pillow on one side and I'm like in a cocoon. I'm like surrounded by pillows. Feels so good. Oh, it's so good. We've talked about how much we love our bed. Yeah, we've all we all three mm-hmm. love our beds. Yep. Yeah. And well, we sleep on a full. <laughs> I still can't fully. Oh, I can't either. It's like a double. It's like it this is, much bigger yeah. than a twin. <laughs> good bit bigger than a twin uh, at the lake we have a queen which is funny because i'm gonna live alone i had a queen well we have a queen at the lake and it's just too small yeah queens just don't feel big enough uh-uh it's the most comfy double ever I'm telling you well do you all snuggle super tight not while sleeping no do you fall asleep cuddling sometimes that's cute do you cuddle? No, but I fall asleep <laughs> in like two seconds. So. I cuddle, but not for sleep. And then you separate. <laughs> you separate. My to go cuddling sleep? time is for other purposes. <laughs> Chova. <laughs> then when it's night, night time, you go to your side. Tom's the same most way people, too. We don't touch feet or anything. Yeah. Most, uh, most people really have to not touch and just separate. Yeah. Ooh, I could. It's I, pretty rare that we go to sleep I at the same cuddle. time though. You can't. Oh, I love oh, okay. that. Doesn't surprise me. No, I love it. I could nestle in. The other night, George came in from going out, and he. This was so cute. He. I thank God George doesn't listen to the podcast because he would kill <laughs> me. Yes. Hopefully, none of his friends either. No. I promise. <laughs> You're probably safe there. I promise. Yeah, I, I think so too. Not, I don't think our demographic is sixteen-year-old boys, but he came in from going out the other night, and he literally walks in. And hugs me and I'm like, oh, your hugs are so good. And then he just lays on top of me, rolls over, lays beside me and is like, let's cuddle. And I'm like, okay, I fell asleep. That's how long we were cuddling. And then he was like, okay, mommy, 
uh, Colin and Aiden and Ford are here. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> like all of his buddies are spending the night and he's in the room cuddling with his mom. <laughs> Is that not adorable? That's a something. Oh, I love him. <laughs> he, he makes everything better. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, yeah. George makes everything better. <laughs> Okay, well, we could just chit chat for an hour. Yeah, I guess we better get to our topic. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. So today we are talking about what is your superpower. So I thought it might be fun for us to talk about. I just feel like God has gifted all of us with unique, beautiful gifts. And you know, I don't even think that when I was young, I recognized this. Did y'all? Oh no. No. Yeah, me neither. I I did I probably did not recognize this until I was in my 30s. That wow, wow, I'm actually pretty good at that. And you know, it was and like a natural gift. It wasn't anything that I went to school for or anything right. anybody could have taught me or or I, I I was just kind of a natural at it. When when did you first think, "Ooh, I'm actually really good at that." When did you when did you realize you had a like god-given superpower? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't think that I I think that when I was in high school and junior high, what I was really good at was being political. You know, like I've talked about, I ran for cheerleader my whole life Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I was really good at that, at getting votes and being kind and smiling and, Mm -hmm. you know, but but that wasn't real, really. I mean, it was I thought it was I thought it it was what I was supposed to do. But really, I didn't um, I, I, I don't I honestly and truly have not really thought much about this until you mentioned this as something that we were going to talk about. And I kind of had to stop and think, okay, what, what are those superpowers? I could name so many of your superpowers. Oh, well, (laughs) that's good to know. (laughs) But I, but anyway, so, uh, so I like the whole idea of it though. And I was thinking just then when you were talking about it, I thought, what a fun thing for people to talk about at the dinner table with their kids and have their kids start to really identify that. Like today I was taking Haney to school and um, that precious girl. Oh, I love her so much. (laughs) And I said, Haney, you. And she, I, she was saying, you know, 10 plus 10 is 20, eight plus eight is 16. And we, she went on and I said, Haney, you are really good at math, aren't you? And she said, yes, I really am. And I'm good at reading too. And I thought, you know, that's, I love that, that she has the confidence and the awareness to be able to say that. So I, I think this will be fun for people to think about their own superpowers. Yes. And I love the idea of encouraging families to sit around because can you imagine when you were 15 years old, your mom or dad asking you, what do you think your superpower is? Like, wow, I would have, that would have blown my mind. Well, as a matter of fact, what, what my family would have done, and I think it was pretty typical of that time, is they would have thought to sit around and talk about what your superpowers are would be arrogant and pompous and self-centered and not uh, okay. Uh, because there wasn't a whole lot of mm, I ams back then. Mm, I think that was more, I think that started more like maybe in the 70s or 80s, you know, when people started, especially women started getting more empowered and looking at themselves rather than being just dutiful. So I think it's kind of a new phenomenon, but they didn't know my parents. I mean, I knew that they loved me and were uh, proud of me or whatever, but we didn't talk about it. As a matter of fact, when I wanted to go to medical school, really wanted to be a doctor. And my dad was like, no, there aren't very many women doctors. Why don't you just get a teaching certificate? (laughs) And I really wanted to be a surgeon. Oh, and I would have. Wow. But I didn't because, oh. you know, that, yeah, I, it wasn't of that it, way of thinking. It, yeah. It just wasn't really an option. Wow. Yeah. So, so this will be fun. Yes. I think it'll be oh, really fun. I, I don't, I don't think I thought about it in, until I was in my thirties and I, I was somebody, I was speaking at an event and a, a woman came up to me after her name was Candace Winslow. And she was like, you realize this is your dance space. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? 
<laughs> I would have lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was like, what? And she was like, you realize this is what you were born to do. Wow. And uh, she, she recognized it in me. And, and even just having somebody say that to me was, so, and then I started to think, I, I, okay, I think I'm, I think I, that is like a, a superpower. Like so I you let that in. And I let it in. Uh-huh. And then it kind of like gave me permission. You know, there, mm-hmm. there, it is, I, it's so interesting. You talk about the arrogance thing, because I do think that there are a handful of people that this might make a little uncomfortable because it's like, I'm really good at this, uh-huh. but I just think we are all good at, at stuff. Oh, for sure. Like, and your talents and your gifts are different than my talents, my gifts and different than Kevin's. And, but like, thank God we are all so different because we all need, like, I need, I need my plumber. I need someone who's really good electrician. I need I a really good mechanic. I need a kick-ass housekeeper. I need, a, yeah. you know, like yeah. we're all really good at something that other people are just dreadful at. Well, and it makes sense because we are all creations of the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. So that that yeah. being would never create people that had no superpowers mm-hmm. because that's the origination of superpower. It is. And so, you and know, that's the difference. Yeah. That's the difference maker of, of what is a superpower and what is not. It's that God given thing that you're like, I don't know where that came from. I don't know how I got so good at this, mm-hmm. but, but it, it resides in you and it comes easy. Mm-hmm. It, with it, it's it's sort of effortless at times. Not that you don't right do things to make it better, um, but I mean, even just you saying I wanted to be a surgeon. Yeah, you know, one of my dear friends, Mary Catherine, her her fiance is a brain surgeon, and I I think about him opening somebody's brain. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't even. Have you watched that uh, reality show? Uh, it's a reality TV show. It's about a hospital in New York city. No. Oh, it's all about this. It's called, I think it's called Lennox oh. and it's, it's a reality TV show. They just follow doctors Oh, and, and they follow an OB unit, a, uh, OBGYN, um, neurosurgery and the emergency room. And it's like nine episodes or something. Oh, bawling my eyes out. You gain such an appreciation for the talents and gifts of these doctors, physicians, nurses, yeah, physicians, assistants. I mean, oh, I yeah. could, that is so not my dance space. I was thinking the other day, if somebody like had something bad happen to them in front of me, I'd have to run away. Like if they had a heart attack or if they collapsed or started bleeding or there was a bad accident, I couldn't help anybody. Yeah. It would freak me out too much. It, and it, it wouldn't me at all. I could look at it. I could go, pick them go up. Help. You uh-huh. can touch them. I mm-hmm. I just run and cry. <laughs> well, you'd run because that's a gift. <laughs> She'd run to the hospital yeah. instead of call them, call the ambulance. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. So, what, name one of yours, Janice. Name one of your okay. superpowers. My first one. So we decided to identify three. Each mm-hmm. of us identify three of what we could perceive as being some, some, our superpower. The first one for me is energetic effort is what I thought came up with. And I was thinking, because I told uh, Tovin, Kevin, when I got here today, that, that we uh, sent in my Prince Charming is dead or in rehab book proposal to Hay House Publishing. And I, I am the, I feel like a gigantic ton is off of my shoulders to have that thing finished. Yeah, you and had a baby. I had a baby. I totally <laughs> had a baby. And and so I think that it well, you know this, Toba, it it takes a lot of effort and energy to write a book. It's really it's an emotional experience. It, well, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's just plain difficult, mm-hmm. you know, to 
out, lay it out and then put it together, blah, blah, blah. So when I, when I look at, at my energetic effort, the things that I can identify as really being examples of that are writing my books, my Al-Anon practice that mm. I started when I was, before I got my divorce, but that, that was me embarking on an entirely different way of thinking and being. Mm. And that took a lot of effort because I would go in those rooms and just sit in the corner and cry, you know, and people mm. would just say, keep coming back, <laughs> you know? And so that was, so that was a, the second place where I can identify that. And the third place was starting my private practice. Mm. I had so many people say, do you realize how many out of work therapists there are in Dallas? It's very hard. It's very difficult. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to try it. And I would go to my office and sit at my desk and kind of wait for the phone to ring, you know, and then I'd get a one call. And the, so that, those are the two things that uh, are the three things that where I can see that in my, um, in my, in my energetic effort, because I, I am a good student. I was a really good student. I graduated number one in my graduating class, but I was not the smartest wow. person in the class. There, the the um, you were uh, valedictorian. Well, there were three of us. There was uh, Aya Jurgensen and Mark Stafford, and then myself. And we all were ranked number one. We'd made an A A's all through high school. And then in seventh grade, I made a B in art. And so he was valedictorian. She was salutatorian. But my ranking class on my transcript is one. So, so. Wow. But I, though they were both, one got a scholarship to Harvard. One got a scholarship to Stanford. I went to Texas Tech and and they, it was, I am a good student. Wow. I am a effortless. I mean, and, and a, I'm full with energy and effort when it comes to school because I like it. Mm. I'm, I guess I'm just a nerd, yeah. you know? No, and so, so cool. But that, but that was an example of where I could see that having been there all along, but I didn't really realize that, you know? And that is a gift because that I do not have that gift. I do not have that gift. I, 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 I am not a good student. <laughs> well, I, I can be, I just, don't, just make, don't like it. I just don't make that kind of effort. Mm -hmm. It's not your thing, but, but I do love to learn. Yeah. It's just, I don't, if I could go to, to class without the test, I'd love it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I understand that. Yeah. So you do like to learn, but I you don't it. like the, the process of having to take the test, study like for tests. the test and all of that. And I kind of like to study, you know, so anyway. Wow. <clears throat> so that's that. I love that energetic effort. That is a unique gift. Well, I, yeah, I, I'm grateful for it. And I saw this quote and it said, diligence is the mother of good fortune. Oh. And that that's by Miguel de Cervantes. And so I thought, oh, I really like that. That's mm -hmm. the payoff for the mm -hmm. sustained effort. That's really, really, really good. And look at it. You, it does. It has all paid off for yeah. you. Yeah. That you just energetic effort. It. And it's not always fun and it's not always easy, <clears throat> you know, but it does produce results Yeah, and you've been very successful and all of it. And I bet your book is just going to kill it. Well, we'll see. I can't wait to read it. You know, it's interesting because I told Tom after he sent that off, he put it on his computer because he's better at that. And I was afraid I'd push the wrong button, but he, <laughs> you know, he said, so what do you think is going to happen? And I said, honestly, and truly, I don't care. Uh, that's amazing. I really don't care. It's just done. Yeah. The proposal. Yeah. But but, yeah, but, but the book is deal. like 95% written. So that's amazing. We'll see. How, how long is it? How, how, uh, it is. Well, my book proposal was about 15,000 words. So right now I have probably written about 30,000 words on, in my book. So it'll be how, how many was the shame game? I don't remember. I don't, I, I don't remember how. How big it like I, I have no reference point for how this putting thing. things from words into pages. Yeah, that's how I am too. Yeah, yeah. there's a chart you can do that. Yeah, there is. I've uh -huh. googled it. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh -huh. 
When uh-huh. I was writing mine, I I did that all the time. I yeah. was like, wait now, how many pages am I at? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I want a certain amount or a publisher will want a certain amount. Yeah. You know, that's and if you self-publish, then it doesn't matter. Right. They just don't want a pamphlet. <laughs> no, thank God. <laughs> yeah, really. So what's yours? Okay. So my first one, um, I put it in my note section. Hold on real quick. Um, I think one of my greatest superpowers is empathy. Mm. I have an inordinate ability to empathize with people who are struggling. I think I'm a good listener. I think I am non-judgmental. I think I'm understanding. And I think I also in that space can offer hope. Do you have trouble separating yourself when you not listen. at all. That's really, that I think is that's another a gift. gift. Yeah. I think not, that's part mm-hmm. of the gift. I do not, I'm not sponging. I'm not soaking it in. I'm not taking it on. I mean, one of my dear friends lost her son yesterday to, uh, to drugs. And I just went and saw her today. And I mean, I can hug her. I can cry with her. I can, be sad with her. And then I can come here and do the podcast. It's, Mm -hmm. and, and I, it doesn't, I'm not being insensitive at all, but I'm not care. I'm not going to carry that around with me today, you know, or tomorrow. (laughs) That is that, that is truly such a gift. And I totally see that in you. And I, I think that is why, and I believe every listener will agree with me on this. Whenever somebody mentions your name, the first thing that comes out of most of their mouth is, oh, my gosh, I love Tova. (laughs) That's so nice. Oh, it's true. (laughs) It is so true. (laughs) And that is because you are it's so easy for you to enter everyone else's world with them if they need you to or want you to or you just do it anyway, you know, and that 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 really is a gift. Yeah, but if I took it on, well, you can't. Was, I couldn't. Oh, yeah, well, you'd know. I'd be dead. Yeah, you'd be in the Looney Tunes <laughs> yeah, farm <laughs> for farm. sure. So that that ability, well, that's what empathy is about. It's not about feeling their feelings. It's mm-hmm. being able to understand their feelings. Yes, you know, because if yes. you if you go from your brain to your heart and let those feelings in your body it will weigh you down. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I'm sure after you walked away from being at your friend's house today, that there was a heaviness in your heart for the family, of but course. it's not yours it's and, you, not and you can do that. And that's, yes. that's really good. Yes. And that the, I have learned mm-hmm. because uh, people ask me that, that, that is an unusual, like the ability to, to meet people where they are. I really, am not judgmental about, about stuff that I, you know, if somebody comes to me with something, I'm not going to judge it. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. and I can still look at them the same. That's a hard thing for people to believe is that, I mean, my brother, <laughs> my brother tells me stuff all the time and he's like, okay, no judgment. And I was like, he told me something this morning. I was like, dude, we walked through that door so many years ago. When are you going to trust that I'm not ever judging you like well i think as a therapist and and an and a counselor you have to be able to do that yeah you do but uh, but i think it's really difficult for don't you think it's difficult for like it i remember going to you and telling you things and being embarrassed about some of the things that i was sharing with you because i was afraid that i might be judged and and <laughs> it's just a practice of like okay i'm going to give this a shot and my truth a shot. And, and if she can like, cause I don't care who you're going to for therapy or counseling, you don't want them to change their mind about you. No, you know, you, you still care what they think. Sure. Um, sure. But in order to heal from all your shit, you got to tell your you truth. Do. You do. You got to tell the truth. And if you're not telling the truth to your counselor, you should probably get another counselor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Save your money. Yes, totally. If you can't yeah. come tell me the truth, go to somebody else because yeah, that's not I effective. totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I, that's 
that's something that I think God's given me. I don't think that, that everybody has that ability. Oh no, they don't. What about you, Kev? Are you guys already done? No, we're, we just did our first ones. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I'm still thinking. Pass. <laughs> pass. Okay. You can pass. I don't know how many passes you have today, though. That's right. <laughs> not in, not, there is a limit. At least one more. <laughs> okay. We'll give you one. At least more. one more. Oh, my gosh. Oh. All okay. right. You want me to do another one? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Second one that I thought of is loyalty. And uh, I looked that up and here was the definition, giving or showing firm and constant support or allegiance to a person or institution. Mm. And and I am a fiercely loyal person to my friends, my family. And this is going to sound this might be over the edge, but mostly to myself. Oh, I absolutely love that. But I, and I had to really learn how to do wow. that. And so but wow. I am I mean, I will go down with them and and I don't I'm so loyal that sometimes it can it can be a little bit of a problem because I'm I'm like, you better not mess with them. <laughs> you know, you can I can get a little bit aggressive with that loyalty especially if you're messing with my children or mm-hmm. oh, I can't even imagine if you messed with my grandchildren, mm-hmm. you know, or if mm-hmm. somebody said something about you or Kevin or, you know, that, I mean, I have to, I do have to kind of contain that a little bit with me because I'm, I'm spunky like that. I mean, I'll fight, I'll fight for somebody. Yeah. You've I'm, got grit in you. Uh-huh. I've got some grit. <laughs> Your and girls have grit too. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. They do. But, but I, but I like that about myself because I, I do, I don't know that there's necessarily an institution that I'm particularly loyal to. I am very loyal to my country, mm. you know, I think. And um, that's cool. yeah. So uh, yeah. So that's that one. I okay. So for somebody who is listening and and hears you say I'm mostly loyal to myself, uh huh. I know what that looks like for you because I know you. But for somebody who is like, wow, I don't am I loyal to myself? What what does that look like to you? I think how does that play out in your life? Well, I think that I will be there for other people. As long as it doesn't cost me myself, mm, that's really good. That's that loyalty. That's where there's a break, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So let's say um, somebody, one of my friends, wanted me to participate in something that was, you know, not really a hundred percent honest or something like that. Mm-hmm. As even though I would be very loyal to them, I would not sacrifice that piece of me. And mm-hmm. I think that's a new, a relatively new thing for me. I think after I got my divorce and did all my family of origin work and all of that, I, I realized, or I learned that my number one person needs to be me. Mm-hmm. And because if I don't, if I'm, if I don't have my own back, then I can't really effectively have other people's back and you can't expect anybody to have your back. No, I mean, it, that it, it, it really does having your own back breeds other people having your back. Right. It right, really does. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I think so too. That's really cool. I love that. I, I, it's not that I'm not loyal because I'd like to think that I am loyal, but I would have, I mean, if I had 20 superpowers that I don't, I don't think that I would have ever said that. And um, it's, and Kev, that's definitely one of your superpowers. What? Loyalty. Oh, okay. I was going to add that one to mine. And then I'm like, no, no, Janice already said it. Well, no, no I like, want you to, one. I agree. I agree mm-hmm. with Kev. I agree I with so that. I see that. Yeah, uh-huh. definitely. And in, in you, I see it. I see it with your family. I see it with your bride. And, and I see it in your friendships. Definitely. Mostly just anybody uh I know. So so loyal. And when I've seen it come out too, is when somebody does something to somebody you love 
and or you, I mean, if, if your first loyalty is also to yourself, mm-hmm. you, you get feisty. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that quality. Yeah, that is a blessing and a curse, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> I know it has to be contained. Yeah. And sometimes that's mm-hmm. difficult. But I think that true loyalty is going to have that component. Yeah. As as sure. part of it. Yeah. I, I think it, it can't exist without it. Yeah. If yeah. you really think about it. Yeah, I agree. Did you want to add another one, Kev? No, that counts as one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm on the board. <laughs> You're sure you are on, on the board. board. <laughs> That's adorable. It is. Yes. Thanks, You're- Janice, for pretty much giving me that one. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Oh, yeah. And Tova handed me that one too. Well, you are very. Oh, you loyal. are. It's a yeah. great. That is party. true. Um, I think one of my superpowers is being a mom. Oh, there's no doubt. I really feel like that. There's an ease. There's an ease that comes with me being a mom. And like, I, I just have a balance of like discipline and love and fun. And being a mom has always come v- and care uh, and loyalty. Like being a mom has always been a very easy thing for me. And, and I know that that's not always the case. So Tova, do you think that, I know that you felt that way with your babies Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And do you think that because those children transitioned long before their time, that that gave you even a greater depth of mothering that because you knew, you know, you have a point of reference that most of us don't have, which is the loss of a child, which I cannot even wrap my brain around, but because that happened and then you were, you know, led to get the kids that you have now that are just so amazing that that has to give it an extra richness. Do you think? I can't. All I know is what I know, mm-hmm. but I, I, I like of uh, you would think that it would play into it. I mean, how could it not? However, I have to say, I think the biggest influence on my abilities to be and my gifts as yeah. a mom yeah. come from my mom. Oh, not because I would fantasize when I was growing up about the kind of mother I was going to like be. Like you learned what not to do almost? Yes. I, it was oh. like, it was like, a, you remember on Seinfeld when George Costanza did everything opposite because he, everything he did in life was like, <laughs> was the wrong thing. Was the wrong yeah. thing. And so he was so like, he did everything yeah. he didn't yeah. want to do. Yeah. So he was like, from now on, I'm just going to do everything opposite. Whatever then, his decision is, do the opposite. Yes. And then what the funniest thing about that episode is his life started to turn around. <laughs> like everything started to work out. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like I was always watching my mom and thinking, well, I'm not going to do that. Never going to do that. Well, I'm certainly going to do that. You know, I just I would I took mental notes, emotional notes, the, my entire upbringing about and I would fantasize about the kind of mother I wanted to be. And so <clears throat> literally the night I had Charlie. I did not know he was sick the night that I had Charlie. So my firstborn was a stillborn. So Uh there was no joy in in that birth. But so Charlie was born in January 2003. And that day was the greatest day of my life, because that's the day I held my child for the very my first child for the very first time who was alive and I thought healthy and it was the greatest. And I knew, and I had such an appreciation. Oh my God. I, the way I looked at him, the way I loved him, I cried. I stayed up all night. I just stared at him and you know, Charlie, this isn't, I've said this before on here and it's not like the code, whatever thing to do, but Charlie never slept in his crib. He only slept on my chest, his Mm -hmm. uh, all eight and a half months 
I never put him down. He never once went in his crib. Not one time <laughs> ever. Like he spent every night on my chest, every nap on, on me. I mean, he just, I, so there was something I had a keen and I was, I started as a phenomenal mom with Charlie. You know, isn't that interesting? Because that right there is proof, absolute proof in that all things work together for good. Mm-hmm. That you being raised by the mother that, yes. that raised you oh, yes. prepared you oh, yes. to do the opposite. Yeah. And that was the gift of that. She was so, my greatest teacher. She was your greatest teacher. She was my greatest teacher. And I love her for it. I know. I do love her for it because I, and I, I am a, I like, and I'm not bragging. I am a phenomenal. You mom. are. You definitely are. <laughs> it's just a God given gift. No, I, you are. I kick all kinds of ass in the mom department. And that doesn't mean my kids are perfect or I've done it perfect. It just means I'm not afraid. And I, I, I have a lot of confidence when it comes to being a mom. You know, Tova, you know what else I think that does that is really cool is it lets your mom, because I believe your mom is around you. Oh. I think she's probably in this room. Yeah. And I think that that gives her spirit release oh, yeah. from her not being. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I do believe that just most everybody does the best that they know how to do, even Absolutely. if it isn't worth a flip. Absolutely. You know, and so there's purpose in it. There's purpose in it. I mm-hmm. mean, the benefit just of like that. you said, looking back, you see it. And mm-hmm. I, I don't have I hope and I know I don't even hope I know that it has released my mom from uh-huh. from the pain that that I'm sure she had that she knew she I mean, maybe she didn't know. But at some point there was a there was a realization of the kind of mom that she was. And I want her to be absolved from yeah from all of it because there, I'm not carrying it around at all. I right. I love her dearly. You know, I I used to yell at my kids and um, and I'm not proud of it at all. My mother was a yeller and um, and that that recognition that that was not okay happened when I was in grad school, when I was learning all this stuff, I was like, oh, gosh. And, you know, I have had to sit down with my kids and make amends for that and say, Mm -hmm. you know, I did, I didn't, it wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. And that releases you from that. And it also released my mom from that and probably her mom or her dad. Yeah. You know, so, so I think that there's that generational. Oh, yeah. That, that those behaviors and experiences that we have that come, you know, happen throughout generation after generation. But when somebody makes a change, it writes the wrong for everybody in the past, too. Oh, and yeah. it sets them free. I really like that. I do, too. And I do believe we can be generation breakers. I think everybody oh, and we should be. Yeah. I pray to God, my children break something that I've done, you know, that they're the next generation breakers break all of it. Yeah. Fix, fix all, (laughs) write all the wrongs, please. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah. No, that's really cool. You are, you're an amazing mom. That is definitely, you're an amazing mom as well. Well, I'm probably not quite as good as you, but (laughs) I'm working on it. (laughs) Well, you're making up with my grandchildren. uh, You kick all kinds of butt. I don't know. (laughs) I do know. They are cute. Okay. You go next. Me? Yeah. Kevin, you have another one? <laughs> um, all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You guys aren't going to let me off the hook here. So. No, we're not. No, we're so happy. I have two. This one's easy. Uh, oh, right on. Probably my best superpower. Power. This may sound weird. It has to be my memory, I would say. Oh. I have a really, really like phenomenal ability to recall very, very specific details about things. That is an amazing Since dad. I was like a little, little kid. I mean, I remember one time... Um, Elise was, I was, was showing me this picture of her and her mom. And I said, is your mom wearing that shirt that you wore to McFadden six years ago when we had that party? And she was like, I wore that shirt once and gave it to my mom. She's like, yeah, that's it. I didn't even know that that still existed. And I just, I'm really good at those <laughs> so things, but you must have a photographic, I, I guess, but it has a tendency to make people feel good. You know, when you remember little oh, details, how they look, oh what they're gosh, wearing or recall yes. sweet and funny stories, you know, like I'll remember things my mom did or said that she totally forgot about that. Knowing that I remember that, you know, is a good feeling. 
Kevin, so were you really good at school? Cool. No, because I didn't give a shit about school. Sorry for cursing. <laughs> so it's the it was the Are awareness. When I was in college, I was really good at school, but oh, different. But now, not not growing up. No. Well, you can be at school. It's just effort. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wow. interesting. I do not have that. You're going to be really glad when you get to be my age. I hope it lasts. <laughs> yeah, honestly, already probably not as great finely gift. tuned as it was when I was younger, but. Yeah, my siblings, one of my sisters, my little sister has a phenomenal memory and she tells stories of us when we were young. My older sister does too. She tells stories. I'm like, I have no memory. Of what are you doing? We went to Mexico. Like, I don't remember <laughs> trips. And she, <laughs> she, rem- they remember everything. I, it is such a gift. It is a gift. Everyone uses me as like the family encyclopedia. I think it was just yesterday. My mom was like, the character texted me. She's like, the character Bobby on Sopranos, what was his last name? And I was like, it was Bobby Bacalieri, but they called him Bobby Bacala, which means salted cod in Italian. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, I just, and I've watched all the Sopranos and I would never know that. <laughs> That's amazing. You'll never know meet anyone who knows so much about nothing. Like I most call the most random. It's not like I know a bunch of about medical science or anything. It's just a bunch of random crap. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember? conversations in movies and stuff like can Definitely. you repeat dialogue absolutely what about music word for word um i'm not as good about remembering song lyrics i don't listen to the lyrics as much to songs as i do the rhythm and melody you know, when you and Tom the dialogue, get, definitely when yeah, you and Tom music. hang out, because he can like it really kind of drives me crazy because he'll be repeating something that happened on Elf, you know, or something. I live my whole <laughs> life in quotes from things. Yeah, dialogue. He does too. <laughs> Nobody has any idea have, what I'm talking y'all about. Y'all are going to have a lot of fun. That's cool. <laughs> it's so cool. It's like, what, what is that? What, what is you saying? Like, it would take too long to explain it. Just forget. What about numbers? Uh, no, I'm not good at like calculating things in my head, really, or anything like that. Wow. Tom is really good, good at foreign at languages. Oh, I still remember a lot of my Spanish. I used it a lot in Cabo. Oh, oh. that's cool. Yeah. I used it down the elevator at Baylor when I was getting all my lab work done for my knee surgery. I got in the elevator and there was like three Hispanic. I knew that they were Hispanic because they were speaking Spanish. Yeah. So I was like, yo, hablo espanol poquito. <laughs> They're like, oh. I'm sure they hear Thomas. you with that little accent. And I bet you got out of the elevator and they just giggled about how cute you were. They probably thought, I don't know what she said. <laughs> it is embarrassing. And this totally happened to me when I've spoken Spanish to somebody and they say, no, no, comprende. Enti- no entiendo. I'm like, you don't understand me. And like, I don't know. We were at a restaurant in Cabo and at least his parents like, Kevin, go get us a table. And I was like, all right. I was like, we need a table for four. They're like, we meant ask in Spanish. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Tengo una mesa para mi familia. Look at you. Oh, I'm rattling it off. I mean, no, necesito una mesa, not tengo. I don't have a table. You, Yeah. Yeah. We need understand one. it. Yeah, I actually do. understand that. Me too. Me too. We could do We could do an episode in Spanish. It'd be short. That would be tough. But it would be short. It would be a lot of Spanglish. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. All right. Last one. Yeah. All of us have one more. I have one. This is a relatively recent gift to the from my um in my opinion, and I talk at recent, probably recent in that the last, oh, I don't know, 15 years came into my awareness of that, of a knowing, which is a clear and certain mental apprehension. And it's that my spiritual awareness that is felt throughout my body. So when I, when I am meditating or I'm doing some reading or whatever, and something comes across and it is what I call a knowing or a truth that maybe I had not ever realized. And I feel it surge through my body Mm. and and then everything changes as a result of that or, or anything that needs to be changed is changed. And the first time I re- recognized this sort of experience was when I when I was getting my divorce and I read a ton of Wayne Dyer, his his spiritual books. And this sounds really weird, but everything shifted in my body. 
And I was I, I was like, holy smokes. The, it was my truth wow. that I had never had nothing to do with my brain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it was just my truth. Mm-hmm. And then everything shifted as a result of that. How often, if you can tell, how often do you experience that knowing? Well, because uh, I know what you're talking about, but I have experienced that, but it is so rare. Do you experience it often? I experience it. So I, I, I don't experience really different knowings so much. I mean, there's more of a, like a, I, I don't know how to put it. It's, it's like there's, there's facts or maybe information that's out there that's giving you one sort of, of awareness but then if that's not my truth or not my knowing, then that's when I'll feel it. And, and I will, and I'll think, no, that's just not the way it works, mm. you know? And so it's, so it, what it brings for me is just like a real peacefulness about things like it's, it sounds so trite to say it's just going to be okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And that, so it's that sort of a, sort of an awareness. Like I was, I was talking to the nurse today when I went in to get my lab work done for my knee. And she said, are you, are you afraid at all about the surgery? And I said, no, there's n- not one speck of it that I'm afraid of. I feel, um, I know it's going to hurt, but I'm not, I, I have, I, I, I know, not in my head, but I know in my body mm-hmm. that it's just going to be uh-huh. good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I experienced that. I know exactly what you're talking about, but, and I, I, I got none I, of that. And I was about to say, and I never really would have articulated or made uh, that that's such a gift. And because uh-huh. not all people experience that, like uh-huh. I, like when when I went to adopt my children, and people mm-hmm. said, "How how did you get end up with three children?" All all I can say is, I saw them and I knew right they were mine. Right there was that knowing right. that doesn't make any sense. The whole world is like, "What the hell are you thinking?" Like it doesn't make it doesn't make sense, and yet there's an undeniable knowing. Mm-hmm. That that gives you that that courage to just step forward and go for it and go because you know, like you said, that it's all going that it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, when Haney was born, she was born very very early, and she had low tone, and it was very touch and go. I mean, she literally could fit in the palm of Clayton's hands, wow. and and after she, wow. you know, got through that initial phase and and started improving. I mean, she had to have a feeding tube in her stomach because she didn't have the the throat muscles to be able to swallow. Mm-hmm. And 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 I remember waking up one night in the middle of the night and it was like I I I said hey, I I said these exact words. Haney has just taught me everything I ever need to know. Mm-hmm. And it was and and it was weird, but it was like she said it all. Mm. It was just preciousness, you know, mm. and and that's a sort of resonation that will mm. flood through my body on occasion. Mm. And then I'm just like, OK, mm-hmm. it, does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of weird. To me, it makes perfect sense. It does make perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Have you ever experienced anything like that, Kev? No, not really. Not that I can recall. You've never experienced a knowing. How old are so. you? 36. I mean, I go into a surgery knowing that I'm never waking up again. That's the kind of stuff I have. Like <laughs> I'm the exact opposite of Janice. Well, it's a good thing that your knowings are not legit. No, they're not. <laughs> okay. No, I don't have that inside at all. <laughs> but I, I think that, I think that, that, that some of that comes with, I didn't, I didn't, feel that way. Well, well, actually, I did have one experience like that when I was in high school. I went to Russia 
with a group of people as student, this people to people student ambassadorship. And I, and I got off that plane in, in Leningrad and I thought there is no hell because these people would never go because they don't know. And that was a big shift for me. Wow. I was like, Oh, if that, that population of people, changed a lot of my thinking, mm. you know, but it wasn't my thinking. It was in my gut. It was inside of you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's where the knowing comes from mm-hmm. is, is deep inside you. Mm-hmm. You don't go to school for it. You don't, you don't hope to look, like, it's just, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. But people who haven't experienced that, I feel bad about what they're they're thinking gonna, right now. They're probably thinking she's so weird <laughs> no. and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I know exactly what you're uh-huh. talking about. And that is a gift. Mm-hmm. It is a gift. And I do believe everybody has that. Everybody. Yeah. It's just the recognition of it. Yes. Yes. It's the recognition. It's the realization and the recognition that that does. I believe that that's, uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about it last week. That's just the Holy spirit. It's mm-hmm. your, it's, mm-hmm. th- it's, that Holy spirit that lives in us, that, that gives us a knowing that oftentimes just makes no sense. And yet, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when you don't know, it's kind of unnerving. Like I know, especially when it comes to your kids stuff, like Mm -hmm. when, (laughs) you know, when your kids are going through things and they, you're, you don't, I mean, there's, there's this underlying, I believe there's this underlying faith that you and I both have that it's how, whatever happens, it's going to be okay. We both believe that no matter what. Right. But there is a difference between that faith and then the knowing. Yeah. And it sure feels good to know. Yeah. It leaves your brain. Yes. And then when you, when I'm in my brain, I might think, oh my gosh, what if this, what if this, what if this, what if this, but then the knowing when I get back into my body and the knowing then I'm at total peace about yeah. it. I don't know exactly how. I just know it'll, it, it's going to work. Yeah. And you can sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the That's, knowing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, okay. So I had a hard time choosing between my last two. I think if I had to, but if I only have three, so I was going to say speaking because I feel like oh, I'm, that's I'm really good at speaking. You are. But if I have to choose one to trump, like between these two, I have joy. Uh-huh. And I think it tr- even trumps my gift of speaking. I just have joy. What and, a gift. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And everybody can feel that it 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 emanates from your body. Well, I'm certainly grateful for it. And I don't, you know, when I realize I have joy is when somebody takes a video of me and I don't know, or somebody takes a picture of me and I don't know, I'm like, wow, I'm happy. Like there was a video taken of me this past weekend when we were at the wedding and Uh I was laughing so hard. And I was like, if I saw that girl, like, I would be like, that girl has some serious joy. Like it's, it's, it just lives in me. I have a lot of joy. I'm so grateful. Yeah. You'll probably live to be 120. Uh, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be that old. There's not enough surgeries. <laughs> <laughs> not enough injectionable yeah. filler. <laughs> oh, well. Kev, what's your last one? Um, I would say my last one is probably humor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. You have a very, not only are you, do you have great humor, but you, uh, you're a very creative, the way you say things, the way you phrase things. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just like I'm on the board. Like, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) And that's like a creative way to say there. Well, yeah. And and that's creativity. Yeah. Is expressed through that. Yes. Through your humor. Yeah. Yeah. You're very creative and and Mm -hmm. your humor is is a great outlet for your your creative mind. I think so, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We see that. Yeah, we do. So our hope in having this podcast is not only to brag, (laughs) (laughs) 
about how awesome we are. Oh gosh, it's hard to be me. (laughs) Maybe one day, y'all, maybe one day. But to hopefully just give everybody listening permission to to realize your superpower. And actually, more than just permission. It's an assignment. Oh, yeah, that's good. To where come up with a couple for yourself and then live it and breathe it and celebrate it and brag about it. So we don't feel so bad about (laughs) it (laughs) and be excited about it and be grateful for it. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have all been given these things for a great purpose. You know, Mm -hmm. on our Instagram this morning on Be the Remedies, I said like how much I hoped that that people would listen because I do believe that when we all recognize, embrace, live it out, unapologetic about it, the universe will work better. Oh, yeah. Like if we are all living out our gifts the way that God intended us to, it it would all work. Well, and your gifts enhance my gifts and mine enhance Kevin's. And so it all it's like a puzzle. A gigantic yes. jigsaw puzzle. And when we Perfect. start recognizing it and celebrating, then it all hooks in with others. Yeah. Yeah. And it all goes exactly the way that yeah, it's supposed it to does. go. Good stuff. So assignment, what are your superpowers? Talk about, maybe go have lunch with somebody, ask them what their superpowers are. Yeah. Encourage that conversation. Yeah. Ask your kids around the dinner table. Yeah. Love that idea. I'm going to do that tomorrow night dinner. Yeah. If my children ever come home, <laughs> where are they? Well, they just out roaming. Yeah, <laughs> that was so fun. Sally Wright's house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're at Sally Wright's. All right. <laughs> Hopefully they're not smoking cigarettes like you were. I know. I'm sure they're not. <laughs> oh, well, maybe not cigarettes, but I'm sure they're doing something. <laughs> we hope you all have an amazing week. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Thank you. Janice. Thanks, Tova. Thanks, Kevin.